This is Bragg, son of Balin, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. shall answer. Amandine, welcome back to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast focusing on low-tech microphones, subpar sound effects, and slipshot editing. Oh, and did I mention a little Lotro and all things Tolkien? This is episode number 56, and I'm your host, Bragg of the Lonely Mountain, the Sultan of Shield Swipe, the Earl of Agro, Slug Wrangler, and Dwarf of Ill Repute, broadcasting live from temporary LTB, MEWHQ, atop the beacon of Nardal, number five of seven in our beacon-specific series. Let's take a look here about us and see what we can see. Well, first of all, I can see the lowly beacon of Aralas in the valley off to the... Uh, that would be... Which way am I facing? East. And uh, I think we discussed that in enough terms last week. We are getting pretty dark. And by the way, I don't even think we need Aralas. I can see the next beacon mountaintop from here, as far as you know. Uh, if we look farther away to the south, I can see the quarry mines outside of Min Rimon. There's a statue of Elendil sticking up into the sky, staring off. At least I assume it's Elendil. Who else would it be? Probably one of 25 other figures. I'll call it Elendil. Uh, but I can see the, the mines, obviously, where they quarried the stone to build the structure that's on top of this beacon. Much more dramatic than the ones we've seen recently. A giant platform with stairways in all directions. Uh, little spaces for overlooks for the soldiers who are staring out into the depths in each area. Uh, nice giant set of steps. Um, an overarching structure kind of cradling the beacon and directing the flame upwards. And I bet if it wasn't so dark on this dawnless day and I stared straight north, I would be able to see perhaps the fall of Roros directly north to me above the Antwash. And uh, further west, I can certainly think that the the borders of Rohan are slowly coming into view as we're on number five out of seven in our beacon-specific series. But, uh, you know, more importantly, we're back on top of a mountaintop. We're back in the heights where we belong. Hey, that kind of sounds like a song. Back in the height where we belong, where the eagles fly, saving hobbits from getting fried. woo Back in the heights where we belong, where the beacons shine, when Gondor's in a bind, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, it's always good to start off an episode like this with a little spontaneous singing. And if you believe that was spontaneous, I got a bridge across the Kazadoom to sell you. But uh, listen, there's a lot to talk about this episode. We got the Farmer's Fair. We got uh, new podcast reviews. We got content completion milestones. 
We got talks of expansion and Lotro, for goodness sake. But we're going to ignore all of those things in favor of a new format this week, which I like to call the Lone Beacon. So let's talk a little bit about what the Lone Beacon entails. Okay, listen, the, the Lone Beacon is a new concept, and here's the concept. Sometimes a topic comes along which needs to be focused on, amplified, you know, emphasized to a certain degree. It stands on its own. It's a lone beacon shining in the darkness, uh, a nugget of truth that I can impart to my listeners. And it's also a quick way for me to get an episode out when I don't have five other beacons. Uh, but in this case, it's more the former stuff that I just mentioned, okay? Um, and our lone beacon uh, comes out of the fact that uh, I was listening to uh, Lotro players this past week, and they noted that episode four of Drunk, uh, I'm sorry, episode four of Middle Earth Lore would be coming out shortly. And uh, it's, it's focusing on a place I don't want to talk about. I don't want to go there. I'm not going to talk about that today. But more importantly, I reflected on the fact that of the three episodes of Middle Earth Lore that have been published, all of them exemplary. The best one to date was episode three, focusing on the dwarves of the Blue Mountains. And uh, I have gotten a certain treatment to the first two uh, Middle Earth lore episodes, which I have not yet done for the dwarves of the Blue Mountains. So this is the episode some of you have been waiting for and some of you have been dreading. It is Drunk Middle Earth, Drunk Middle Earth Lore, episode three. The Blue Mountains, and I'm already slurring my speech, but obviously I've got to get in the right frame of mind for this. It's going to be a party. It's going to be spectacular. Uh, lots of celebrations, lots of fireworks, lots of dwarvish coolness. So, um, and I think, you know, I just need an extra little kick uh, before we start off that. I'm a little too sober right now. So uh, I asked Grima to put together uh, a mix for me. I remember Minas Tirith, we did a little mini quest where... They put together, I think it was some leftover ale, like sitting in the back cellar of a, of a pub for like the last, you know, six months growing bacteria and uh, some hot ash from a brazier. And then what else did they put in there? Uh, some kind of healing potion draft. There was, uh, you know, some magma. I don't know. Uh, maybe some uh, rat blood. And they, uh, they probably mixed in a sheep's bladder to help prevent earthquakes. And they came up with this concoction. Uh, I forget what they called it, but it was nasty. But boy, did it have a kick. So I asked Grima to do his best to replicate that recipe. I'm going to go off now and consume a few of these bad boys. And hopefully it will get me in the right mood for Drunk Middle Earth Thor, Episode 3, The Blue Mountains. Stand by. Strong stuff. All right. Well, the, the beacon. Oh, no. Oh. 
Uh, hang on. Let me duck my head in a barrel. We're ready. We're, we're ready. We're going to do it. Hang on. Where the devil? Grime up. Son of a... All right, listen. You guys, okay, so this is... This is this is going to be great. I, I just got to rally. Push through. Be strong. Be strong for Balan. Okay, so you guys know how to do this. You got to put on the video for Andang on YouTube and then listen to me. Listen. Listen to me. Don't listen to them. That won't make any doubt that you've already done that. That's a waste of time. I got new stuff to talk about, okay? So you, you've done this two. If you haven't, look. We've done it two times. All right, go find the video. Turn it on. This is not if you're in a car. It's bad. No car video. Smile with you people anyway. What do we got to do around here? <laughs> Public safety messages. Beacons. How many things you want me to do? Okay. Um. So, all right. So, I guess I'll do a countdown, all right? Oh, and then I, I got that song. That's right. I'm going to sing my song. Instead of the Middle Earth lore intro, I'm going to do my song, all right? So, jeez. Oh, Hang on. Okay, here goes. All right. So, you got the video ready, and we could play, and... Wait, two, one, go. Ready? Dwarves, yeah. Good gosh, y'all. What are they good for? Kicking butt and taking names. Say it again. Dwarves in Middle Earth lore. What are they good for? Digging holes and drinking games. This is the story of the only race in Middle Earth. That really matters. Chapter V. Finally someplace cool after talking about rat holes and head shacks. So when the world was young, before the first sunshine and moonlight, and before the elves came along and ruined everything, with their silmarils and melian girdles, there was a, round, a mountain range in Eriador called the Blue Mountains. Now the all elves called it arid looney tunes because the elves they didn't know any better. But the mountains were blue... Obvious stuff here. Let's not overcomplicate it. Um, and wh why are we showing elves stuff at the beginning of this? It's about dwarves. It's like having a big table filled with barbecue, putting a kale and quinoa salad right in the middle of it. Me, I'm trying to eat over here. So dwarves listed and lived in the mountains because, duh, stone and jewels and stuff. Nice views. Uh, take a look at this house. Hello. It's called craftsmanship. Something a man or hobbit wouldn't know anything about. So, craftsmanship. This God-given ability didn't come from Iluvatar, but from the more competent but less politically connected god, Ayul. Now, people say the dwarves didn't read much, but look, there was a guy reading. Dwarves really like Batman comics because of the cave thing. So, Ayul made the dwarves awesome in his own image, and he figured... Better to burn out than fade away like some races. Kind of like the last guy to party that never leaves. It's when you rally really tired and all the Doritos are gone. 
But Iluvatar was jealous of how awesome the dwarves were, especially of fishing. So in a fit of jealous rage, he made them all go to sleep so elves could get a head start on ruining everything. Rise and shine, elves. Time to get busy singing to trees and knitting doilies and stuff. But then after a few thousand years of that nonsense, even the gods got bored and said, Hey, Ayulo, what about that whole dwarf thing that you started? That was pretty cool. Do that again. So who woke up Durin, father of the dwarves, and uh, there were different clans like Longbeards and Ironbeards and Firebeards and Clambeards. And then there was the most epic beard of all. Look at that. So cool that he weaved it into a coat. I think that was Thror or Thrain or Fruin. I don't know. And then uh, what's important is when the dwarves go to war, they yell, Baruch Kazad! I Kazad a menu, which means... I'm going to jam this axe so far up your rump you can pick your teeth with it. So the dwarves built great cities in the west. Uh, that one looks like Zigglegund in Forakel. Right there. Watch out for the fog bug. And the dwarves worked hard at making all these cool places, kind of like doozers from Fraggle Rock. <laughs> Some of you guys remember that, right? But the Valor destroyed Beleriand and all the great dwarven cities, probably because of something the elves did. And because of that, everyone has to do the drowned treasury instance like twice, which takes forever. Ugh, look at that place. So the doors went east to Kazadum. Kazad meaning dwarves, and Doom or Doom meaning, uh, let's just call it Moria. So there in the heart of fire, they made many beautiful things with precious metals and gems. Indeed, they were often called the masters of tchotchkes. And, and although they dealt, normally delved quite responsibly and with appropriate safety protocols, deep down in the sub-basement, they found a rather troublesome household pest that had clearly been missed by the Hobbit home inspectors when they purchased the Surat property. So anyway, as Mur Eddie Murphy once said, Too bad we can't stay. Moving on, everyone, please walk along in an orderly fashion to the exits. So there's Balrogs in Moria and dragons in Erebor. You can see how the dwarves were getting a raw deal. I mean, come on. But luckily, they still had some family back in the Blue Mountains. And the more the merrier, as the dwarves always say. And, uh, you know, dwarves don't normally walk like that, but it was a long trip. And here's that. That's a secret rep room from Thorns Hall, isn't it? Good use of that space. So, anyway, at the end of the Third Age, as the men started getting all cocky about how tall they were, how great they were at sports, like basketball, the disorders decided to move on. <coughs> they diminished and went east to be as far from the elves as possible. And the secret writing above that door said, Hey, elves, thanks for deserting us in our time of need. Twice, go suck an egg. Speaking of which, the next episode is apparently supposed to be about Suckendell, or maybe it's Riven Dork. I'm not doing an episode about Suckendell. You can forget it. But this was a good episode. I mean, it could have been a little more epic, but it's hard to capture the inner awesomeness of dwarves with these kind of meaty constraints. And, uh,. Uh, you know, it's not like your viewers or something. Hey, did I just see a dwarf named Dr. Pepper? Oh, that's not lore-breaking. Oh, and look some elf names. Belindil, Caleb Neal, Linseed Oil, Dwynfail. 
mustard drain, millimeter, and coralline. Uh, this is your typical elf names. So this is good outro music, though. A little elfy, but there's some good dwarvish in there and the bass lines and stuff. Anyway, that's um, <clears throat> the end of Middle-Earth War, episode three. The best episode yet, and at least until five, clearly. Um, but now we're at the seventh beacon of Halifarian. Time for closing. It's time for Blessed Pepto-Bismol. That brings us to the end of the um, the the number ep- the most recent episode of Light the Beacons. I would love to hear you singing my new dwarf song, so you can contact me or face Twitter me or whatever. Oh, and I have my own website, which is cool. Lightthebeacons.com. It's kind of plain, but it smells like bacon. So there's that. And then the iTunes review, good. Please do those. Dwarven Apathy, check. I hope you laughed. I hope you cried. I hope you kissed 20 minutes goodbye. And I hope you might have learned something cool about dwarves or had an ale or two. And uh, I hope you enjoy your week in Middle Earth. This is Bragg, son of a gun, signing off. Baruch Kazad. <laughs> now that you know what that really means. The next time you really need to learn something about Middle-earth lore, don't look at me. Hey, I warned you. Light those beacons, baby. We'll see you soon. No, not now. Grima, turn it off, you idiot. (sighs) You gave me a headache. I hate that guy. But I love you guys. I really love you. You're my favorite people.